It's time to explore wrestling's past and potential future with your weekly dose of a segment we call What If? Only found here on the WWE Podcast. All right, welcome to a What If? segment for the week. And we've got Anthony DeMarco back with us uh, for the first time in a couple of weeks. My own fault with my own family uh, sleep issues. <laughs> but uh, we are back with a brand new fresh episode this week, and we are going to be talking about something very recent, something that could have happened, something that still could, I guess, happen if they transition the character. But we're going to talk this week about what if Brock Lesnar returned as his former self, meaning if he looked the same and if his personality wasn't altered the way it is now with his babyface character. Anthony, welcome back. Really looking forward to getting into this one. Yeah, man, I think it's something worth talking about because I think you've brought up on your own shows about how Brock Lesnar has been just so different and almost to a fault at times, as opposed to the guy that we became accustomed to between 2012 and 2020. And I just keep thinking, like, how would it have gone had he just shown up with the same crew cut, clean shaven in the track pants and the cutoff tee that we became accustomed to during those eight years? And I guess I'll pitch it to you to start. Had Brock come out in two, at SummerSlam 2020 to confront Roman Reigns as he did, do you think it would have felt the same? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know that people see this is where the sub subjectivity comes into it. A lot of people I've talked to love the, the hair. I actually don't do not like the hair. I, I think that I, I think his beard is cool. Like I'm cool if he wants to grow a beard. That's you know by all means. But uh, the, the the whole ponytail at his age. I know that Brock can be Brock and Brock can do whatever the hell he wants and he can, but I just, I'm not a fan of it. Again, that's very subjective, but I think if he came out and his cut off and his, uh, even je like a normal pair of jeans or, uh, you know, the track pants, uh, you know, to me, that would have felt more like Brock Lesnar. To me, this was like, it, it was a, a Brock Lesnar version that I wasn't really quite ready for. And I think it would have felt a little bit different. Um, and I, you know, at the time I was willing to give it a chance. So there's that, that kind of element of, okay, there's an evolution of Brock happening here. Let's see what happens. I actually would have enjoyed it a little bit more had it been, personally, Brock Lesnar as the Brock Lesnar we knew him because it was such a good look. And it worked for, I mean, essentially his entire career. I didn't see a need to change the physical appearance of himself. And just for the sake of evolution of Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar is kind of an interesting character where I don't think he needs to evolve. And I say that all the time about people that, you know, that's how you extend your career is evolving and, and that's how you stay relevant. But Brock Lesnar, he has found a formula that never seems to get old. And that is the legitimate credentialed badass that comes out, the the clean cut kind of uh, just badass NCAA champion, UFC heavyweight champion. I mean, you name it, Brock has won it and just come out and do his Brock Lesnar thing. And at least, again, if we're just talking about SummerSlam this year, I, I personally, I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. Uh, I know that it, he's going for the just walked off the farm look. I get that. Uh, and he certainly this past week and we'll be able to get into that, too, where he came out in like a, a butcher's apron and uh, you know played nice with Sami Zayn until, of course, Paul Heyman uh, triggered something inside of him. But what do you think? Well, well, you are right. I think the thing that sparked my thought on this topic 
topic was when he came out in like the overalls like he had just finished gutting a moose or something and look i've kind of got a kick out of it obviously i'm canadian so all the references to saskatchewan have made me laugh and even as a fellow canadian people who are from saskatchewan are very unique like one of my best friends growing up moved out to saskatchewan and you know 12 years later he's still out there and there is a distinct you know, personality trait that people from Saskatchewan have that other Canadians don't. So I've gotten a kick out of that. But I do think that they may have swung a bit too far into making this Brock Lesnar different than the classic one. And I think you and I are both in locks that, that contrary to much opinion, we love Brock Lesnar, even as the old, uh, the old version of himself, even if he was part-time. I think you've said it before, I know I've said it, one thing that makes Brock Lesnar Brock Lesnar is the fact that he does things his way on his terms. He shows up when he wants. Like in some weird way, I felt like he made the championship, whether that be the Universal or WWE, feel more important when he had it, and he only would show up when he deemed it necessary because it melt it, it made the world title feel special, especially when he had that run on Monday Night Raw with the Universal title for what was it eighteen months or so before he ultimately dropped it to Roman, I believe, at SummerSlam in two thousand eighteen. Like, Brock made it feel special in his own way and in an untraditional way, a unique way. So, but at the same time, I respect what they're trying to do with him now. You know, we've heard for years that people were tired of the same old Brock Lesnar act, that it was stale. I personally think a lot of people were just saying that to say it. And then when he did come back, they would pop like little girls like I do when he comes back. So while I respect what they're doing and they're showing a new side of Brock, and I think for Brock himself... He is proving to everyone that, hey, if I really want to, I can have a character. I can be funny. I can be a bit comicable and personable. I don't need a mouthpiece. I'm passable on the mic. But I still do think there's something to be said about how cool and original and how classic the original Brock Lesnar gimmick is. <laughs> yeah, the original Brock Lesnar doesn't get old. I think they could have done the... Uh, th this whole kind of uh, alter personality, this more laid back and, as you said, a bit comedic side of him without changing the look. Now, maybe Brock insisted on it. And like we just said, art imitates life here. This isn't this isn't just conjecture. This is this is real. Like Brock does call the shots. Seriously. I mean, like this is not just a talent doing what management says. I truly believe this was something that Brock Lesnar decided that he wanted to do instead of coming back and and being the same guy. I think he wanted to just just bring the look that he literally is sitting at his house with. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And Vince is like, well, all right. I mean, like he calls the shots. Let's be clear. Brock doesn't need to be here. Brock doesn't need the money. Brock is extremely secure. I don't have access to his bank accounts, but I have the feeling that Brock Lesnar is doing just fine when it comes to money. Uh, so I don't think that it's a situation where WWE or rather he needs WWE, but WWE needed him. So that tells you where the uh, the leverage of this agreement lies. And so I think it was Brock who decided to change up his look. I, I really believe that. And to me, it's not I don't like it. I don't hate it. I'm not going to rant about it. It's not my taste. I've now had enough of a sample to go. Yeah, uh, eh, it doesn't work for me. Every time I see him come out in like the, the, the cowboy boots or the butcher's apron this week and he still has the ponytail or the plaid shirt, like, I don't know. I don't hate it. It's just I prefer the original much more over his kind of evolved look. Um, you know, and again, he could still maintain this kind of comedic side with the more traditional look, I think. And and I don't I don't know if he knows that 
to I don't I don't know if he is trying to feel out what people think or if he literally does not give a damn. He probably does not care, which is which is makes it even more funny that he's just like, yeah, I don't care. You know, I I know I could beat everyone's ass in here. I've got more money than everyone in here combined. I mean, and on and on and on. And he just does what he does. And that, that's what makes Brock so hilarious is that this is not just just uh, pro wrestling, you know, in, in, in a fantasy environment. This is actually we're seeing Brock Lesnar just be himself, which works way more often than not. And I think no script for Brock works. I don't think they've really given him a script. You could see it on on uh, on TV. Giving Brock a script, when Brock tries to remember lines, Brock doesn't do well. So they just say, hey, Brock, here's where we want to go. Do it. You can tell that's what's happening here. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it, but I do wonder what now is going to happen with Brock, given the trigger that Paul Heyman seemed to set off. This past week when he introduced Brock Lesnar as the reigning, defending, undisputed, like he went on his whole spiel, that snapped something in Brock. And I do wonder if that is going to bring him back to the more of original Brock Lesnar or if we're just going to see this version of Brock uh, until he goes away again. Well, I, I think that is the ultimate payoff. And I think that what we're learning here is that as much as people don't want to admit it and the keyboard warriors want to say, like, oh, it's stale. No one wants to see that. Everyone loves Brock and Paul together. Everybody likes when those two are together. They are arguably the most dynamic wrestler manager duo in the history of professional wrestling like obviously you've been watching longer than me but off the top of my head i can't think of anyone better a better duo in that respect and for all those years people said oh paul Heyman or brock needs paul Heyman. he would be nothing without paul Heyman." so i do agree with you that i much rather the classic brock and the track pants all that but i do i am rather happy in some way that Brock is doing what he's doing so that he could at least prove the doubters and the haters that he can, if he wants to, be his own character. And while you don't like this as much as the classic Brock character, like myself, do you feel as though, A, are you happy that he's done this to silence the haters? And B, do you think he's done a passable job as his own character? Yeah, I think he did it to silence haters, but I also I, I think it is passable, and and I understand the certain charm of this character. I, I I get it. It's there is a certain charm to it. If I try to like it, I, I can because Brock Lesnar is such a once in a lifetime athlete and once in a time once in a lifetime performer that you, you know any version of Brock. I mean, I I would essentially be okay with. And this version of Brock again, it's not my favorite, but could I force myself to eventually like it if there's not going to be a snapback to his original? Yeah, I mean, I could, I could, I could, I'd rather not have to force myself and just have it happen naturally, but I don't think, I really don't think actually we're going to see a more traditional Brock. I think this is Brock Lesnar of 2021 into 2022, and I don't think this, this look is going anywhere. Now, he may back off of the butcher aprons and things like that. He may tone it down a little bit in terms of his just outrageous outfits he's coming out. I mean, are we really supposed to believe that he you know, sat on a plane in a butcher's apron? Maybe. I mean, like, you know, as I say it now that it's Brock Lesnar, I mean, he probably wouldn't care. He, you know, someone gave him a look. He'd say, you know, what are you looking at, punk? You know, you could just you could just imagine what Brock Lesnar is like in real life. Uh, and, and what we see is kind of what we get. But, I, you know, again, I think there is a certain charm to it. So I think he is silencing the haters. But the thing is, too, as much as we talk about this look, as much as we talk about his personality, I, I think that really it comes down to his in-ring, which has not changed. 
You know, his in-ring has not changed. Yes, he lost to Roman at SummerSlam, albeit controversial uh, methods with the the uh, title belt to the face. But in-ring, he still is the, the beast. He, he still looks generally the way he has looked over the last 10-plus years. Uh, you know, not exactly, but he's pretty damn close and pretty damn good for his age, considering he's not in the UFC. He has no reason to train. He's just essentially kind of this is just like the equilibrium Brock Lesnar. This isn't even Brock Lesnar really trying. And that's what's even scarier. So when it comes to entering, he hasn't seemingly lost a step. That's to me the most important thing. And that he's like you said, the one good thing. Hey, this is a much more relaxed Brock Lesnar. He's showing more depth of his character. That's good. Uh, he he's not given a script. You don't give Brock a script. And it's also, I think, kind of liberating for Brock to get on the mic and get over the, uh, get over the fear of it. I, I really don't believe Brock Lesnar likes being on the microphone. Uh, I, and he's said that many times. So, yeah, I, I would say that this is a way to silence his haters. Do you feel like, for the most part, he's been accepted with open arms in this new babyface character? I'd say generally generally yes i wouldn't say overwhelmingly i mean when you listen to the reaction he got on smackdown in that segment with Sami Zayn, and he's trying to be funny it wasn't cringeworthy it wasn't like oh my god this is secondhand embarrassment it wasn't that level but the crowd didn't kind of know what to do they were they were almost silent at part of his jokes that i'm sure in his head sounded funnier coming from a guy like him and the crowd generally was kind of like oh haha like i mean they went along with it they didn't boo him but I think that that version of Brock, where he was being buddy-buddy with Sammy, talking about going hunting and fishing and all this stuff, it, it, I think it meant maybe a little bit too long where people are like, all right, this is a weird Brock Lesnar. Can, can we just see him beat somebody's ass? And thank God for Paul Heyman in that segment, because otherwise, if they had just walked off arm-in-arm arm together, this may be a different conversation. Uh, that, that would have been very, very weird. That's not the Brock Lesnar people pay to see. That's not the Brock Lesnar WWE should pay to be on TV. And I was really concerned because it went on very long, and I think that it uh, would have and, – and you heard the crowd just kind of silence about it and, and not reacting too strongly because they didn't want to boo it because it's Brock Lesnar. But they also didn't know what to do, I think. So, um, yeah. And the other thing that I think is, like, I assume that they were always going to bring him back as a babyface to combat Roman Reigns. But had they brought him back in the classic Brock form – do you think that it would have had the same feel and it would have been as easy for us to get behind him as a babyface and not for us directly and in a vacuum because you love Brock Lesnar, I love Brock Lesnar. I think he's one of the best workers of all time and guys like John Cena and Steve Austin have all said that. But do you think that the general fan would have had a harder time accepting that classic version of Brock Lesnar as a babyface? I don't think so because – it's if he had come back as the classic Brock Lesnar, that was something we've all seen. Unless you're brand new to wrestling, it's it's not a it's not something that would have been something no one's ever seen before. We've all known that this is normally what Brock Lesnar does, says, and looks like. Um, now, my philosophy is that if it's not broke, don't fix it. And I don't think that character of Brock Lesnar was broke. Yes, he could have talked more on the microphone. Paul Heyman did 99% of the talking while. Many nights that he came to Raw with Brock Lesnar when he was Universal Champion on the 400 and plus day run, 
that he just stood there and did his little bounce and got paid like, you know, 500 grand just to fly in, stand there while Paul Heyman does the talking. Brock Lesnar stands there and makes mean faces. And then he gets on a plane and goes back home. I mean, good for Brock. Good for, I mean, to be able to be that caliber of an athlete and get paid to do essentially nothing most of the time, unless you're, it's a pay-per-view, you know, good for him. Uh, but, you know, I, I think certainly when you look at Brock Lesnar and the fact that he could have evolved more as a babyface. This is what we're seeing. I just think it's a little bit too far. Uh, it's, it's again, not my favorite iteration of Brock Lesnar. I understand it from that perspective of wanting to show a different side of him. But again, if it's not broke, don't fix it. The formula that we've seen for a decade and a half since 2002, essentially, um, my God, 20 years. Holy crap. Uh, so, so 20 years that we've seen Brock Lesnar in. Uh, generally, this has been the Brock we've seen. It, it, it just works. And no matter how many times we see it, people pay to see if you're waiting for Brock Lesnar to show up, you pay to see him just cause mayhem and destruction. You don't pay to see him come in and crack jokes. I mean, I, I really don't believe that. So I would say, no, like they probably should have kept him and people would have been more receptive to that version of Brock, the traditional version of Brock, the one that we know we love and we hadn't seen for 18 months and hope maybe he'll snap back to that. We saw a little bit of that that last week with Paul Heyman doing something and uh, triggering something inside of him. But that to me, yeah, it, it wasn't broke. You know, it may have been a little overplayed and they could have added wrinkles. But this is almost like a, a bit of a facelift. Why do you think so many people rejected Brock over the last, let's say, 10 years that he's been back in WWE or nine and a half since he returned in 2012? Because even at his peak, when he was Universal Champion, defeating Kofi Kingston, all that, people just love to crap all over Brock Lesnar. I never saw it. He's long been one of my favorite characters in WWE, especially in this new generation where he's kind of like a bit of nostalgia from what it was like back in the Ruthless Aggression era and still a great in-ring worker. Why, in your opinion, do you think so many people like refuse to acknowledge Brock Lesnar for how good of a worker and character he's been for the last two decades? Well, I think a lot of it was that he was champion, at least in the recent memory, he was universal champion for so long. And I think a lot of people resented the fact that he was not there. He was not there every week, maybe there once a month, defended it on an occasional basis. Uh, you know, And that's why they turned him into a heel, because I don't think they believed a lot of people would cheer somebody like that, at least how often he defended it, how often he was there. But... That's only because the, the current generation of fans have been educated to believe that a champion should be there every week. They should defend it all the time to anybody. I would completely disagree with that and say that it's the respect to, of the championship that would take utmost importance. And it's not about just defending it against anybody because then you're saying anybody is qualified for this championship, which is, again, it disrespects the championship itself. I mean, there's so many things wrong when a champion just the babyface champion declares every time that they're going to defend it against any and all comers. It's it's I know what they're doing that they're trying to take away any potential cowardice that that person has, but it also takes a lot of intelligence away from that person that they're going to defend it against anybody. This championship that we're supposed to believe they scratch clawed bled and cried over to get, they're going to defend it against anybody. Well, no, that that, that should not be the case. And um, so I think that there was a resentment with Brock not being there. I understood it. And I think him not or him not appearing every week made it more special when he did appear. We're seeing that now a little bit with Roman Reigns when he's not there. 
I enjoy it. Not that I don't enjoy Roman Reigns, but I think it adds more importance to when he does show up. Uh, and I don't think champions need to show up every single week. Now, WWE needs star power, so I don't think they're going to use this as a template moving forward to say, ah, champions don't need to be there all any you know, every week. You, you know, co or um, you know, the Raw Tag Team Champions stay home this week, and the Intercontinental Champion. No, 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 I, they're not going to do that. But you know, in the old days with the NWA and things, the NWA champion would do tra- like would travel from territory to territory, and it wasn't somebody you saw very often. And it, the championship was not defended that often. And I think people, at least how we're educated today, resented Brock for that. Bringing it back to Brock with the Universal Championship, that was a big part of it. They got sick of it because it was very formulaic when he would come into the ring with Paul Heyman and he didn't do much. He knew he wasn't going to have a match and he'd probably be gone for the next four weeks until the pay-per-view. Uh, and it just it went on and on and on for f- nearly 500 days. So I think that, in terms of just recent the recent sample size anyway is a big reason why people started to quote crap on Brock Lesnar is because of that. It's so crazy because people talk about, you know, Mount Rushmore's top tens, top five, however you want to rank it. And it's rare that Brock ever kind of enters the mix and enters the equation for one of these lists. And for me, when I really think about it, the longevity, the impact on the industry, his accomplishments, like, I find it really cool, and I think he's the only guy who can say this, at least in the last two or three decades. Brock Lesnar has only ever held world championships in WWE. He's never had the Intercontinental. He's never had the U.S. tag team, none of that. And in some way, like, obviously you can point to, you know, guys like HBK and Triple H and Steve Austin and all members of the Shield. Like, oh, they're Grand Slam champions. They've won every gold that has been made available to them. But then you think about Brock and you say, isn't it kind of badass that he's only ever put in time for the world titles? He never wasted his time on the U.S. championship or the IC title in the early years. He debuted in April and in August he was winning the Undisputed Championship. He was gone for, what was it, eight years? He came back. He instantly went after the world championship after he defeated, you know, Triple H and Undertaker and all that. He's the guy that ended Taker's streak. So when I think about all these things, like he is kind of a unicorn and in a way, you could almost justify him being one of the most dominant characters and wrestlers and one of the biggest impacts on the industry of all time. Like, again, him coming back from over from UFC, where he was a legitimate world heavyweight champion in real mixed martial arts, like no other wrestler can say that in the history of the industry. And then you couple that with take ending Taker's streak and only ever having time for world titles like Man, oh, man, like, the more I think about it, like, how could you not have Brock on a serious consideration list for any top five or Mount Rushmore? That's a hell of a question. I think one of the reasons, again, maybe in terms of how a lot of fans look at their Mount Rushmore um, is I think it's it's consistency in being there. Uh, And again, while I just said I don't have any problem with him not being there, I think in the minds of most fans – they had a problem and did have a problem and continue to have a problem that Brock is not there as much as they'd like him to be. And, and, you know, he had the the big run, of course, his initial run from 02 to 04 before he left. We all know the, the story of the Minnesota Vikings, all that. Then he returned after becoming UFC champion. Uh, in in, uh, in in really, most people didn't give him a shot 
at that sport, and he climbed to the top of the mountain and won the heavyweight championship in USC, uh, UFC. He was the NCAA champion. He could have competed in at the Olympic level had he actually put his mind to it. Now, it's all just kind of assumptive that he would have won a gold medal, but I think he would have been in contention. I think that's a fair as- assumption. Uh, you know, He ascended to the top of the World Wrestling uh, Federation, World Wrestling Entertainment, and he won the top championship there. And you're right, he never competed for any of those mid-tier belts because – he didn't have to. And at, and at Brock's level, with the months-on-a-lifetime athlete that, that he is, I, I think that that makes perfect sense. I don't I don't think Brock would be categorized in those, quote-unquote, lesser championships. Now, I'm all about respecting championships. And Brock Lesnar is a, a, a once-in-a-lifetime athlete. But he, I believe Brock Lesnar, and I hate to say this, but he's kind of above those belts. I, mean, I can say that with a once-in-a-lifetime athlete like Brock Lesnar. He, he should not have competed for those, um, you know, you could make an argument that he, you know, he uh, would have helped his career. I don't think so. You know, I, I really don't because look where he ended in the WWE. He had ended at the top of the mountain and he continues every time when he comes back to be at the top of the mountain. And I don't think he ends up on a lot of people's hall of fame uh, lists or rather Mount Rushmore's because the inconsistency of him being there, the in and out, he's here one week, he's gone for five weeks, you know, uh, you know, he, at this point too, he's, he's aged. He's not going to be the future. He's going to have a championship match here and a championship match there. I don't think he's gonna be the one to end Roman streak too either. Uh, but to me it's inconsistency. And I also think that his lack of, really uh, his ability to cut an a plus promo also hurt him you know as great as he is and as as uh, just magnetic as he is and and just once in a lifetime he did lack the ability to cut that just emotional promo that would pull you in he never really did now he had body language that would do it but there's differences in that and words he had paul Heyman, no doubt but there's difference in having somebody speak for you and you speaking for yourself so I think maybe that's also another contributing factor is he never really seemingly can just could cut that A plus promo that maybe if he did and had the ability would have made him a more well-rounded performer. When all is said and done, where do you ultimately think he'll fall on, let's say, the hierarchy of the legends of the wrestling industry? Like, do you think he's up there with like the Austins, Rocks, Hogan's and Cena's of the world? Do you think he's kind of right under with like the HBKs and the Triple H's? Like, where do you think he'll ultimately fall when all is said and done? I think he's already in the top five. I mean, I think to me, he's just okay. outside of my Mount Rushmore. Just. And it's because of the lack of ability of an A-plus promo and the inconsistency. I, I, there is something to be said for that. Because if you're not there on a semi-regular basis, and then you go away for a year and a half and you come back, and then you're gone for another year, like, that does wear on the minds of fans that they know you're not going to be around very long. Therefore, they're not going to really emotionally invest super hard into, into your character because they know your schedule. They know at this point you're not really invested in WWE. You're kind of here for the paycheck, but they still find you entertaining. It's a weird dynamic. So with all that kind of wrapped up, to me, he falls outside of the Mount Rushmore for me. Um, he's never really been in the Mount Rushmore. You can make an argument, but I think when you compare to like Rock, Austin, Taker, Hogan, I mean, Ultimate Warrior, like you look at all these these individuals that had a lasting impact, uh, at least on a uh, on a consistent, like long streak basis, and they were all excellent promos that to me kind of knocks Brock down into that just underneath Mount Rushmore for me. Uh, that's not to say he's not, of course, he's a Hall of Famer 
and he should be in most people's you know top five, top ten at the bare minimum, especially in ring performance, which is really also what makes Brock an ultimate performer, is that he not only can you know of course speak to you in body language, but in the ring, his his presence is just second to none. He can compete with the best of the best. And uh, th- that also is is something. There's something to be said for that. So yeah, to me, he's right outside of the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I'm with you, and I do think people undervalue just how good he is in the ring. That is one thing that people really undersell because they see like the vast majority of his matches over the last nine years or so, and say, oh, he can't work. And it's like, no. He can. He could probably work with the best of them. And I think that he's arguably the best seller in the industry right now. But it's just because he doesn't have to work. He doesn't want to work. And to your point, that's what makes the character so damn badass, in my opinion. It makes it so unique. And ultimately, it makes it authentic. You can make the case that Brock Lesnar is the most realistic and, well, not so much relatable because I'm not <laughs> six foot three, 290 pounds. But he does seem just like you said, like that is him. Like that is exactly who Brock Lesnar is. He's not playing Brock Lesnar. He's just being Brock Lesnar because that is truly how he is in real life. And I think that, you know, enough people have spoken how good he is in the ring. We saw it in the early 2000s and even some matches even more recently. Like he is a very good worker. It's just that the character doesn't kind of fit a guy who's going to go for like a 25 minute marathon match. And I guess just top to bottom, he's a guy that is so original is so authentic and someone that I do think when all is said and done, a lot of people and fans will look back and think that they took for granted. That's always the case in any form of life. We're always going to look back and be like, oh, man, I wish he had one more match. I mean, people are people miss The Undertaker. I mean, like not I don't believe most people want to see him in a match. But, you know, I, I think that if the gong went off, people would pop like crazy. I mean, it still happens for Austin, still happens for Rock. Whenever they come back, it, it's just that's the case. I mean, but, yeah, Brock Lesnar, it's going to be the case. You're right, where people aren't going to realize what they have until it's gone and uh, realize the totality of his body of work, which is just enormous. I mean, whenever they do like a a documentary on Brock Lesnar, they should be doing one right now, by the way, just like, you know, paying whatever he wants to pay so he doesn't, you know, knock out the cameraman to follow him around and just document his life, document his organic interaction with fans, like just get those side comments and interviews that the, The Undertaker did. Like I would take Undertaker's formatted documentary of The Last Ride and just like, plop that into Brock Lesnar's life and see what comes of it. I think you could make a really engaging uh, and just enthralling documentary on Brock Lesnar, kind of an introspective on him. I don't know if that's being done, but they'd be foolish not to, because I don't think Brock Lesnar has a whole lot of time left. Not that he's injury prone or anything, but he's aging. He doesn't really need the money and he's there because he likes money and he is maybe not have doesn't have much else going on outside of slaughtering a moose and calling the moose Pierce or whatever he's doing. I, I don't think that there's a whole lot that right now anyway, and from the public eye that he's doing. So, yeah, it's going to be a case of we didn't know really what we had until it's gone and they do a documentary and people are like, damn, he was awesome. Yeah, and I do think when all is said and done, people will look back more fondly on him. And I, and like I said, like I, I do fully 
agree that the original Brock Lesnar gimmick, that character is much superior to the one that we're seeing now. But in some way, I am happy to see him showing a different side of himself and prove to people like, hey, if I really wanted to, I could do more than just be super jacked and make mean faces, if you know what I mean. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I know. No, exactly. I, I'm again, I'm not ranting. I'm not hating on it. To me, it's just not my flavor of Brock Lesnar. I know that I'm I know that it's the same flavor that I'm going to get, but I, I like it and I'm good with it. And I'm, I'm like one of those guys that I go to a, a restaurant. I know what I want to order. Uh, I'm, I'm not, when people try to convince me to order something different, I'm like, nope, I know what I like and I know what I want. And this is, I know for sure I like this. So I'm not going to go with something I'm going to hate and then get pissed off and have to send it back. So let me just get what I want. And that's the same thing with Brock Lesnar. Like I, to me, I didn't think it needed a change maybe outside of, okay, if he's a baby face, he doesn't have a mouthpiece, let him speak a little more. And we're seeing that. But, uh, to me, yeah, it, it did go a little bit too far into like kind of the weird territory for Brock where I don't. Uh, it didn't really click on maybe the level they hoped or thought it would, but maybe maybe Paul Heyman will reel him back in into uh, reality and take off the butcher's apron and uh, and uh, <laughs> just get back to being you know Brock freaking Lesnar. So yeah, I think the butcher's apron was a little too much. That's one thing that I when I saw him come out, I was just like, uh, that's not the best look for you, man. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I, I know what they were going for, but that I was like, yeah, that that's enough. Can we can we scale it back? Yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate what they're doing. I appreciate them trying something different. But to your point, I think that after a certain point, they're just going to have to get back to what we all know and love and what ultimately works the best. And that's classic Brock Lesnar in the tracksuit, the cutoff tee, the whole nine yards. And somebody, I will pay. There's a ransom on Brock Lesnar's hair. I, I will. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like I, I will put a bounty out on Brock Lesnar's hair if they want to sneak into his home, risk their lives uh, with a pair of clippers. So. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of people love it. I'm, I just don't. So, I don't love it. I don't hate it. Like I said, I respect what they're trying to do, but I'm not going to sit here and say that I rather this than the classic Brock. So I am right there with you. But again, I do respect what they were trying to go for. Oh yeah, yeah, no, exactly. This is. I'm not. I'm not bashing WWE. I'm not bashing Brock. I'm not bashing anybody that made this decision to try to show us a different side, a completely different side, and make us look different and make us just promos and he's trying to be a little bit more of a funny guy. Cool. Like, and especially this part of his career, why not? He's got nothing to lose. He's not the future of the company. He's, he's playing completely with house money. He can do whatever he wants and be whatever he wants. He's already a made man. There is zero risk to Brock Lesnar doing anything at this point and to, to tarnish his career. I mean, outside of just something catastrophic, there's nothing he could do, uh, in, in this, in like the normal world anyway. So I think, this is fine. You know, like if, if they don't want to get rid of this and they just continue down this path, I'm, it's not the hill I'm going to die on uh, because ultimately when he gets in the ring, he's still that same beast of a guy. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, when all is said and done, he's, you know, scratching the surface on a Mount Rushmore of yours. So this isn't you rant at all. It's just a perfect a personal preference. And to to be perfectly honest, one I actually share with you. Yeah, no, exactly. This is, this is all personal preference, of course, but uh, I do – prefer 100% the Brock Lesnar that comes out. And if he just wants to make mean faces, make mean faces. Cause he, nobody makes a better mean face than Brock Lesnar. I gotta say he has a PhD in that at this point, after many years of just standing next to Paul Heyman and bouncing around and, and flexing and, and making faces, there's nobody better. So, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, this is, this has been uh, great. I never thought I'd have a whole show dedicated to the change in the, the small, well, not small change, but the, just kind of the tweak of the character of uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, that we've seen and wondering if it's, you know, something that may reverse itself and if it's something that ultimately will hurt his career or not. And I don't think it will. But uh, any closing thoughts? 
No, just, uh, you know, like I texted you today, Brock Lesnar's bleeping awesome, and I hope that most people <laughs> share that feeling. And that's all I really got to th- say on it. Yeah, that's the best way to end this, right? Like, Brock Lesnar is <laughs> effing awesome, and, and he is. And the best thing, that, you know, that um, like you said earlier in the show, the number one thing about Brock, the one thing you cannot argue with, is his authenticity, and that's really what has got him through a lot of the things that he did that maybe didn't work. And like right now, the things that maybe fans aren't connecting with, the authenticity with Brock Lesnar is, is it exceeds anybody else on the roster. He's you can immediately feel that he is not playing a character. He's not playing a wrestling character. He's just himself. Which as human beings, we all can sense that. And that's why we when something's not really true and, and and you don't see it as real, and you know there's a, it's kind of a mask of something. We all sense it. It's just built into us as human beings. And Brock Lesnar, you don't get any of that. Like, this is just Brock being himself, not giving a damn about anything. And I think a lot of people appreciate that, even if the character we're seeing right now isn't the best version that, we, that uh, we'd that we prefer. So authenticity is really – authentic is the best way to describe Brock Lesnar. Yeah, a million percent. That's one of the things, like you said, that you look for in wrestling characters. And uh, no one does it better than Brock Lesnar in that regard. No doubt, no doubt. So uh, before you go, of course, uh, you're, I'll let you share your uh, your social media, but don't forget you can catch Anthony every single Friday doing the Rivalry Show. And this past week, I know you covered Mickey James and Trish Stratus. That was a really interesting and, and, uh, and, and fun topic, no doubt. Yeah, uh, I thought it was pretty cool to go back and cover that, and I remember watching that very vividly in real time. And like I said on the podcast – I feel as though a lot of people think about that time in women's wrestling as, you know, it was still objectifying them and a heavy emphasis, emphasis rather, on sexualization. And while that is all true, I really true, truly believe that Mickey James versus Trish Stratus was one of the trailblazing rivalries in the women's division and the women's, you know, wrestling as a whole. So, yeah, go check that out. And as always, you can catch me on Twitter at adamarco 25 very good. Yeah, it was, it was a great listen. I got to say, uh, one that I forgot about. Uh, I forgot about it in the in terms of. You're right. It was an era that we all looked at it and looked back, and I you kind of paint over with one brush of oh my god, all the women were just sex objects, and they were an afterthought, and this and that. And while there were cases of that, and unfortunately it was more of it than we'd like, there were examples like this one with Mickey James and Trish, and Trish and Lita. You know, Trish is a I got to say a pretty big. Uh, name in a lot of these conversations of at least adding some credibility to the women's division, but Mickey and Trish was uh, yeah really enjoyable, and um, got to say that moment that uh, Mickey James had at WrestleMania, uh, it, it's it's been trying it, people have been trying to scrub it off of Twitter wrestling or WWE has scrubbed it off of their uh, their um, uh, WrestleMania was it WrestleMania what did they, was it WrestleMania 21 that they had WrestleMania 22. 22. 22. Yeah, and she uh, made a very, very uh, suggestive gesture with her fingers. I'll just leave it at that. I'm sure it's on YouTube if you'd like to go and uh, view what I'm talking about. But uh, that was an interesting program for sure. Kind of the psychopath fan that was obsessed with her. And uh, a really good storyline, no doubt about that. So, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Anthony, thank you for joining me. And everybody go check out the rivalries every Friday. And I will uh, talk to you next week, man. Yeah, man, looking forward to it. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash wwepodcast. Until then, we'll see you 
next time.